0: Moncrief on News Talk. Forty-one years ago today, one of Ireland's great unsolved crimes was committed. Persons unknown kidnapped a horse, but not any horse. Shergar was a superstar of the racing world, and the kidnappers said they would be looking for two million to get him back. But that never happened. Dr. Patrick McGarty has been writing about this mysterious tale in today's Irish Independent Afternoon, Patrick. Good afternoon, Sean. To you and your listeners. Uh, now, at what stage was Shergar at in his career at this stage? Well, his, career, his racing
1: career was finished, um, but his breeding career was just started. He was just had completed one season of breeding, and he was just about to start his second season.
0: Right, and that was, uh, and to the owners of Shergar, that was extremely valuable. I would have thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the fees were, um, uh, I think, the fees were about eighty thousand per cover uh, for every mare covered, o- o-
0: up to eighty thousand. Crikey, yeah, all right. So that's uh, that's worth a lot of money. Yeah, and his I...
1: first, his first season as a breeding stallion, um, he covered thirty mares.
0: So. Not a bad income. Not a bad income, indeed. And and at this stage as well, did the Aga Khan uh, own sharegar exclusively, or or kind of was there a consortium that owned them?
1: There was a, a consortium. There was a thirty-five person consortium, um, including the Aga Khan. Now, the Aga Khan had there was forty shares. Um, after he won the Epsom Derby in uh, nineteen eighty-one, the Aga Khan formed a syndicate, and the Aga Khan kept. Six uh, six of the shares, so he was the majority shareholder.
0: Right. Okay. So on the night on February the eighth, nineteen eighty three, uh, and all these men uh, turn up uh, at uh, a Stud. Did, if, if, from the reports of it, did it seem like it was quite organised? That they knew what they were doing.
1: Um, yes, yeah, certainly uh, they knew what, what what they were doing. They knew obviously whose door to knock on, and they knocked gym Jim Fitzgerald's. Jim was the head groom at Ballymani. He was directed then to um, go through the stables, identify the horse and that. So on that side of the operation, certainly they knew what they were doing. It's, problems started further down probably when the when the stallion, and again, it was probably a, a very highly strung Animal, um, when things started to happen there,
0: yes, um, now, but what, that's where the trouble started and now. And and, and the, they had a horse box ready, they took the horse, they eventually let uh, Jim Fitzgerald go. Now, had they communicated to him at this stage what was going to happen next?
1: Yes, they 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 had they basically had said that they would be in contact with him, um, and they gave a code word as well. Um, uh, the code word was King Neptune, and that they would be in touch with him, and obviously the the owners of, of Shargar.
0: Right, and and they'd also said don't contact the guardi Absolutely, um, at, at that stage,
1: Jim Fitzgerald, as uh, wife Madge and family were locked in a room in the house in their home at at So again, they, um, he was told that. Uh, he would be killed and his um, family would
0: be killed. Right, OK. So, the, uh, so, But then he did start to contact some people, if not the guards.
1: He did when he got home. Uh, he was dropped in Kilcock after about three hours of driving around the Kildare countryside. Um, he contacted his brother, got through a public phone, contacted his brother. His brother collected him. This would have been then, I suppose, at this stage, the early hours of the 9th of February. Got back, established that his family was safe, and then started to contact um, uh, the owners. um, Through his his first contact, uh, uh, the first contact made was with the Balibani, the the stud manager, um, and then the calls then went to um, various people, um, including Stan Cosgrove, who was. The horse's vet, and also a um, member of the syndicate, um, and also uh, and Stan Cosgrove actually uh, contacted Alan Jukes. Obviously, knew Alan Jukes. Alan Jukes was the then Minister for Finance and a local C D and obviously known to Stan Cosgrove. So and the guards were called
0: in after that. Right. Okay. So there was quite a time lag then before the guards even knew this crime had taken place.
1: Absolutely, it was about a, about a, an eight-hour time lag. It would have been in the very early hours. Or actually, it would have been about maybe three or four o'clock in the morning of the 9th, and the horse was taken at around eight or
0: maybe eight thirty, nine o'clock on the eighth. Right. Okay. So the abductors were well gone, uh, well gone at that stage of the game. So then, subsequent to that, how long was it before some sort of contact was made, and who was the contact made to? Well, funny enough,
1: there was two two routes of contact. Um, the night. That Chiraghan was taken um, the first contact made was a phone call made to Jeremy Maxwell, he was a well known horse trainer up in Northern Ireland in County Antrim and uh, basically it was uh, fairly bizarre really what was said uh, you know that the negotiators were saying that they would only um, deal through uh, three horse racing journalists, British horse racing journalists um, and that was that side of it. Um, and what happened there was essentially they were instructed to go to the Europa Hotel. The demand there was 40,000 for, hmm. um, for the horses' return. But the night before, um, or sorry, the same night, I should say, um, they told Jim Fitzgerald they'd be looking for 2 million. So, again, that's a big difference, obviously. <laughs> but um, to put a very long story short, um, uh they, there was a number of phone calls um, during the night with, with this syndicate. They were the, the calls were monitored, by the police. Um, but again, there was uh, n- nobody uh, w- was able to, to, to trace the call because the, the callers didn't stay on um, long enough for a trace. Yeah. Um, so that was that side. And then finally, uh, with them, they, the, the, the last call came to the. the um, Journalists at about seven o'clock on the twelfth, informing them that there had been an accident and that the horse was dead, and that was it. So Hmm. that went, that line went dead. Uh, Hmm. Meanwhile, then the
0: uh, so uh, is the thought that was just a hoax, really? They did
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah, they did because again of the because of the I suppose the the, such a small amount demanded, yeah. So they did. um, They felt that was a hoax, and then. The following day, on the 9th, call, a call went into Balimani directly to just who who is the, the stud manager and obviously the Aghan's representative, um, demanding two million.
0: And that was it. Ah, right. OK. And so th- th- then they decided to kind of uh, hire a professional company to conduct these negotiations.
1: That's right, because the syndicate was large. Disagreements kicked in in the syndicate about whether they should pay the ransom or not. Um, Some argued that, yeah, we pay, we get the horse back. Others saying that um, payment would only result in further kidnappings of of, of valuable racing stock across Ireland and Britain. Um, So they got control risks. They were a risk consultancy group to handle the negotiations.
0: Right. OK. And uh, and would one of the first, obviously, one of the first things they want asked for is proof of life. Uh, and were they able to do that?
1: They were. Um, they asked for proof. Um, but the proofs supplied, there was a package dropped to the Ross and Hotel just outside Drogheda. And um, in the package was a copy of Belfast newspaper dated the 11th of February. In, on the, in the background and you just had the horse's head um, and that was it just the head not the full body so the negotiators weren't obviously happy with that and Cosgrove had said that yes that's definitely Shargar but when you didn't have I suppose a full picture of the horse they demanded uh, more uh, more conclusive proof that the horse was alive um, and the negotiator said if you're not satisfied that's it and the negotiators hung up and no further contact was ever made between the negotiators and the kidnap gang.
0: Oh my gosh. And that was the end of it then.
1: That was the that was the end of it.
0: Now the 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 fellow who's in charge of the investigation, Chief Superintendent James Murphy, a bit of a character by all accounts. Uh, yeah, he was. He he attracted a fair bit of media attention
1: as well. He was colourful to say the least, um uh he's a trilby hat and a long coat and uh what would they call his it self a facing sense of humor in many respects. Um, some of the international press there were basically calling him um, the, an Irish inspector, too. So, who oh, uh, Some of his um, answers were funny, I suppose, in some respects, to their questions. You know, about, I think he said, somebody said, you know, where we are, he says, a clue, I haven't got a clue. We don't, that's something we don't, we haven't got, you know, that's very right stuff. <laughs> so, he was a very, his, you know, he had, a, as I say, a self. A facing sense of humour, as well, you know. Yeah, a the character, but nonetheless, probably a very experienced detective.
0: Yeah, now at the same time, these lads were clever because there, there, there had been horse sales going on at Goff's around that time, so loads of horse boxes in the area.
1: That's right, yeah. Uh, the obviously, it was well planned, um, again, that uh, a horse box wouldn't be an unusual sight in, in the area. No, it probably wouldn't have been an unusual sight around Kildare and the Curra anyway, mm. but. At that particular time, there was uh, quite a few horse boxes uh, because the goth's horse sales were were on um, around those days.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you alluded to this earlier on, Shergar was probably a very highly strong animal. So, could it have gone wrong because of that?
1: Yeah, well, um, I suppose the only version of what happened really came from a man called Sean O'Callaghan, who was um, a former member of the IRA and his guard informant. And uh, he had said that the, um, when the horse was taken um, um, in the horse box, that the horse got excited or whatever and uh, broke um, a leg. And um, as a result of that, then the horse was shot. And there was nobody there, I suppose, to handle the horse while every part of the operation worked well. Um, from a kidnapper's point of view up to that, I suppose the very fact that they didn't have maybe an experienced um, uh, horse person with them, mm. um, uh, it would uh, that certainly hindered the operation from that
0: point of view. And, and was O'Callaghan able to say even where they might have left the remains of the horse? Yeah,
1: well, he, he, O'Callaghan said that the horse was uh,
0: buried in County Leitrim. Right. Okay, but of course the, the the remains were never found. So that that would that would imply then that it was the IRA who kidnapped Shergar. Um. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Absolutely. You could basically say that.
1: Yeah. Certainly. But there was a lot of theories going around. Um. Certainly, the guards and um, uh, would, would um, have suspected the IRA. There's no doubt about that. And then, um, the version then that Sean O'Callaghan gave was was, was pointing towards the IRA. But there was a, there was There was a lot of speculation, you know, everything from the Mafia who had a problem with the Aga Khan because of uh, an alleged um, horse deal. You you know, so there was a a pile of speculation going on, no doubt about that. Um, Muammar Gaddafi being involved in it, uh, the the Libyan leader at the time. um, again a Middle Eastern horse breeder had stolen and stood. you know that's the type of stuff that was going around at the
0: time yeah uh, and so I sp- of, yeah health and, health and health. the general as well might have been because yeah was absolutely
1: yeah absolutely like you know the, at the time you know that there was uh, um, you know there was cu- quite a, a few capable criminal gangs um, around Ireland at the time as well like, like so Martin Cal the general and others obviously as well so, yeah uh, was quite a few possibilities but um, uh, the guards were suspected that there was IRA involvement but the IRA had never uh, claimed um, responsibility for for the kidnapping
0: yeah did anyone try anything similar then in in the sense that the owners were concerned it might lead to a load of horse napping was was there any more attempts at this kind of thing
1: no not that I'm aware of and not of the uh, when we go along and look at the likes of Shargar you know, Sherkar was certainly, uh, you know, the most valuable uh, horse in, in the world at that time and one of the most famous um, horses ever, you know. so, yeah. But certainly, no, there wasn't, uh, I don't think there was any other um, horse naps or kidnaps uh, after that.
0: Yeah, hopefully we're not putting any ideas in anyone's head. Dr. Oh, Patrick McGarty is. is a senior lecturer in public policy at Munster Technological University. Patrick, thank you very much. Thank you, Sean.